Hello and welcome to The Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, and I'm honored again today to have you joining this vital conversation about the importance of dads in the lives of their kids. And you know that I specialize in the dad-daughter relationship, but I love that dads tell me, you know, Michelle, this actually applies to my sons too. And I'm like, rock on, go dad. So as fathers, I want you to picture yourself again today, standing side by side each other, ready to run your fathering race this week. I'm your coach on the side saying, on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the theme Get set stories and stats to fill that in and go is your action step to put your love for your daughter and your son into action this week. Well, today I have the privilege of interviewing a very dear friend of mine. Her name is Dr. Margaret Nagib. And Margaret and I first met, I'm trying to think, I think it was in the summer of 2011 when we both spoke in an eating disorders conference in Colorado. And I remember that Margaret and I went out for a dinner one night. We hadn't met each other before. And by the end of the meal, we were immediately kindred spirit friends and have been ever since. And there's so much that I could say about Dr. Margaret, but I'll begin by just saying that she's a highly sought-after speaker, both in the U.S. and around the world. In fact, it was just a couple months ago, I was in Nashville for the American Academy of Christian Counselors Conference, and Margaret not only spoke there a couple of times, but directly from there, flew to England, spoke at a conference there. Last week, she was in Jamaica. She's all over the U.S., so this is a woman who really has a voice on so many issues into our country and our culture, and she's on the cutting edge of research, awareness, and I wanted her to come today to talk about a really important topic, which we are calling, here's the on your mark, the science and power of your heart brain. Now, you may say, okay, Michelle, you're you're talking about Margaret and what she's done, and you're impressed with her, but just so you know, she's also a clinical psychologist. She specializes in Christian counseling, has a private practice in Chicago. She also is a lead faculty member at Timberline Knowles Residential Treatment Center, which is also in Chicago, where she created their Christian treatment program. Margaret also holds inner healing trainings for professionals and lay counselors and conferences. She's author of a book called Souls Like Stars, Renew Your Mind Heal Your Heart, and Unveil Your Shine. How is that for an awesome title? She also has written a book called Sozo for Professional Counselors, Integrating Psychology and Inner Healing to Restore Individuals to Wholeness and Soul-Making. So can you all see why I've invited her here to bring her heart and her passion, her wisdom, and her insight to you? Welcome, Dr. Margaret Nagib. Hi, Michelle. So great to be with you. Man, you sound make me sound really good. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, truth be told, I so highly regard you with your integrity and your wisdom. So thank you for taking the time to join us today. So like My I said, pleasure. on your mark, the science and power of your heart brain. So Margaret and I together came up with this title because it is going to be fascinating for you dads to grow in your understanding of that term, which I have never heard before until I talked with Margaret, heard a lecture she did about the heart brain. Very interesting. Well, get set. We're now going to put feet to that concept. And Margaret, I love how you talk about the way that our physical heart and our spiritual heart intertwine. Because in my work with dads of daughters, I so often talk about the overlap of the terms heart and connect. And a lot of this overlays that beautifully. So before we get into the science, the research, the stories, the statistics, I would love to just begin by hearing a little bit about your relationship with your dad. 
What was that like for the two of you growing um, sure, up? Sure, I'd love to, yeah. Um, always loved my dad. I think I was a daddy's girl. Um, you know, wouldn't have favorites, but probably was more like my dad, and so we were probably more connected in that sense, personality-wise. But, you know, he just died in 2014, and so that was really hard, and in some ways I have a perspective that I think I didn't have, you know, when he was alive. Um, but I'll never forget, you know, he, he ended up having cancer and, and a stroke. And so he was bedridden in a hospital for, gosh, like six months. Mm. And we spent so much time. We probably spent more time in those six months, I feel like, than we had mm. in a long time. And, and so that, that crisis, you know, brought us together to spend time in a way we never really had. And while that was really difficult, I will never forget the day um, my dad said to me, because, you know, they, they gave us a DNR, you know, when he first had that stroke. And mm. it was like, wow, but he chose to stay on and, and really just, I mean, he basically lived in suffering. There was no hope. But mm. I remember him saying one day, Margaret, kind of in a whisper, because he could barely talk because of the stroke. Mm. And he said, Margaret, you know, I know I wanted to die when this first happened, but I wouldn't change anything. It was so special to have this time together. And uh, oh, man, that's that was just so amazing. And, you know, I, I love that you talk about dads and daughters. And, and the thing I'd love to share is that really it doesn't take much as a daughter. <laughs> you know, it's those little moments when your dad opens up his heart and shares something like that that just means the world mm-hmm. as a daughter. And um, there was another time, this is a way a few years back, I was in my... Uh, uh, early 30s, I think, and he decided to come to me with me um, to be my plus one at this wedding that I was going to overseas, which at first I was I was thrilled because, you know, I was a little scared about going overseas um, with, you know, by myself, and, and I think he sensed that and came with me, and, and I'll never forget, it was the dance floor, and I was, I was shy, I was, you know, kind of sitting being a little bit of a wallflower, and, and I was decidedly okay with that. <laughs> and at some point, my dad came up to me, and he said, let's go, and he grabbed me, and he took me on the dance floor um, before I even had a chance to say no. And, um, you know, that spirit in him that saw me and was like, oh, there's more to you than that, than this wallflower, mm. um, was huge. And before I knew it, you know, I was out there dancing and felt free. And so I think dads just have such a great power to help us come alive as a woman and help us feel free to really just be who we are. Mm -hmm. And so those are a couple of moments that I had where I I will cherish and and never forget with my dad. Mm, Those are beautiful and powerful. Well, now let's segue into the title. Here we're talking about the science and the power of your heart brain. And you're talking about those times where your dad opened up his heart to you. And I think you've Mm -hmm. told me your dad was more of a head guy. You know, that's more where he lived. And so those mm-hmm. times where he let you see his hearts have stayed with you long after he's been gone. So can you share more, Margaret, of the research that you've looked at about the science of the heart that set up a foundation for this conversation today? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we do tend to, we can tend to favor one part of our more than the other. You know, if you're if you're kind of more of a thinking person, you make decisions with your, your mind and your thoughts and data, you know, you're probably more of a head person. And, and then if you tend to make decisions more with your heart and intuition, you know, you might be called a heart person. Um, but what's so fascinating about this science of the heart brain is that we're really learning it's a, it's a combination of both. 
and that our optimal state is when we're when we're igniting both. We're living from our heart and our head. And so the heart brain actually refers to the fact that scientists have been doing all this research on the heart, the actual physical heart, and they're finding it's so much more than just this pump right, that keeps us alive. And they're calling it a heart brain because they're noticing that it actually has a lot to do with most of our major biological systems, even more so than the brain. So your heart actually, believe it or not, sends more signals to your body than your brain does. So your heart is actually the primary driver of, like, biological systems, um, it influences your behavior. It influences your emotions. And then... Well, I um, want to go back to what you said, point. is that the heart yeah. actually sends more signals to the body than the brain. That is not what I have heard a lot through the years. That is powerful. Right. I mean, the, the brain's really popular right now. And of course, the brain is so, so important. But no, the heart sends more signals. And, you know, in the feet, when that when um, the baby is formed, the fetus, the heart is actually formed first before the brain. Uh-huh. And it's because the heart is the driver for all of these major um, biological systems. And so um, that's why they're calling it the heart brain. It's, it's kind of like, the, you know, we didn't realize how, how important the heart is and, and how much it, it runs the show, but it really does. Uh-huh. So you talked at this conference, I heard you talk about the electromagnetic field. This is fascinating. Explain that if you would. So your body is electrical, right? Made up of energy and each organ gives off, you know, signals. Um, your heart is, has a signal of six to 12 feet. So in its electromagnetic field, it encodes emotion and it sends that out six to 12 feet. Your brain also has an electromagnetic field, but it's only about an inch. And um, what? That is yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and what's really cool is, you know, when we talk about like, man, I walked in that room and you can cut the tension with the knife or um, there's science behind that, that we literally encode whatever we're feeling in the moment. It becomes a code. It gets sent throughout this electromagnetic field. And so that field goes throughout our body, but it also extends outside of our body. Mm-hmm. six to 12 feet. So we are, we're sending, you know, love into the atmosphere. We're sending sadness into the atmosphere, hope into the atmosphere, and we're sending it through our body. And so, you know, that's why we, we've recognized over the years that what you feel affects your physical health. Mm-hmm. And that's primarily connected to this idea that you're sending emotions throughout your body. So if you're sending a lot of sadness and anxiety throughout your body or anger throughout your body, over time that negatively affects your health. Right. And, um, yeah. Wow. So, okay. So when I hear you say that the electromagnetic field from the heart is six mm-hmm. to 12 feet out, I can't help but think about interactions then between a dad and a daughter, even that aren't spoken. So as we help right. fathers take this information and now translate it to their relationships with their girls, can you say more about the practical relevance then relationally with this information? Absolutely. So not to be stereotypical, but most guys are head and most women are heart. So if you've got a dad who's more of a head guy, you know, and he's got a heart daughter, then even more so before, before he even realizes she's walked into the room with you after you've come home from work or whatever. And she knows, 
she knows exactly what you're feeling. And daughters, we tend to take on, you know, we tend to think, oh, dad's upset, maybe I did something wrong or, you know, so before we know it, we're, we're, we could be affecting them and, and unaware. Um, but in the same way, as dads, um, you know, release hope and joy and, and, and they have those moments where they're feeling love towards their daughter, their daughter's going to pick up on that too. And so it's a powerful way dads can be present in their households. And yeah, without even saying a word, um, family members will pick up on that. And, and so they've done tests, you know, where you take two people in the same room and they're both hooked up to a heart, heart electromagnetic thing. And um, you can actually affect other people's, you know, coherence. So your daughter can be in a bad mood and you can come in and you can actually help shift her just by you having and practicing um, you know, these healthy principles around the heart brain. Oh, that is so good. Dads, do you hear that? You can change what we, Margaret and I like to call the atmosphere in the home yeah. by the way you approach your daughter rather than mirroring back what she's giving you if she's in a bad mood going, well, you started it, but saying you have the power through this heart brain connection to actually impact her. So this leads me then to a, a deeper question for you, Dr. Margaret, mm-hmm. is what would it take then for a father to connect to his heart brain if that's a block for him or hard for okay. him? Well, so there, there are some things that you can do that will help increase what they call, the, the, the technical term is coherence. So pretend you're... You're sitting there and you're really evoking a positive feeling and that's being sent throughout your electromagnetic field. Well, first of all, the dads are going to get healthier. So your emotions are going to be healthier. Um, I mean, crazy things like your relationships are healthier when you practice this. Um, you're physically healthier. So it, first of all, it's, it's good for the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but second of all, you know, it, the more he practices this, the more it's going to affect him. So there's a really simple tool um, and it involves your breath. And so, you know, step one is just focusing on the physical area of your heart. Um, step two is breathing, you know, deeply in a relaxed way, imagining the breath going in and out of your heart. And then step three is being deliberate about the emotion that you're sending, right? So you want to evoke a, a positive emotion. Um, and I, I see this with my brother. He loves his little daughters, and I can see when he's got that pride and mm-hmm. love in his heart when he's watching them. So, you, you know, even just sitting there on your own, imagine that, feel that feeling that you feel um, as if they were standing in the room with you, and then practice all three at the same time. So you've got that loving feeling in your heart, you're breathing deeply, you're imagining the breath go in and out of your heart, and as you do that, your coherence actually increases and that's that magic thing that happens when there's um coherence in your heart rhythm Mm -hmm. and all the good stuff's happening and you're getting all the good benefits of that as well as the people who are around you okay so if a dad happens to be in a particularly rough season with a daughter Either mm-hmm. there's divorce and she doesn't live there and doesn't want to come over and engage or because I get emails from dads about these things or dads in my groups or she's hit a stage of adolescence where she doesn't really like connecting with me. Can a dad evoke a picture from years ago when it was more positive? Yes, absolutely. Um, it can be anything, really. 
Um, it doesn't even have to necessarily be connected with his daughter. Like, mm-hmm. say you're in that place right now where you're just like, man, I can't even think of something good. It doesn't have to be, it can be anything. It could be sitting and playing with your dog. Like, whatever evokes a positive emotion to where you feel it in the moment. God, you could even picture um, being at a place, a beautiful place that you've been on vacation. or Sure, uh-huh. sure. It can be anything. The, the only guideline is that it, that you feel it in the moment. You feel something positive mm-hmm. in the moment. Um, and so that you know that that's what's being pushed through your electromagnetic fields. So it sounds then, we're making this really practical, which is why I love the way you, you integrate the science with practicality, is that if a dad has had a really rough day at work, and he comes home, and he's, he's already at an 8, 9, or 10 on a scale of 0 to 10, he's maxed, well, then he doesn't have anything to give his daughter. Would you recommend that he you know, take five minutes in the car before getting out or to really do this or what? What would make this practical? Absolutely. I I think that would be a great idea to just take five minutes. And actually the research shows that that's all it takes. It only only takes three to five minutes to completely shift yourself and bring yourself to that place. So could you imagine if you practice that over time, Mm -hmm. um, the cumulative effects are huge and, um, yeah, that would be great. And so it's, I think it would be a combination of taking that five minutes and, you know, like checking yourself at the door. Like, how, how am I feeling before I step into the store? Mm-hmm. And can I get myself to a good place before I walk, mm-hmm. walk in the store? Um, that would be amazing. I love that. So, Margaret, what do you believe gets in the way, then, of dads connecting to the power of their heart brain? And what can they do to change it? Yeah, I think it's, you know, number one, understanding that research is really helpful. And number two, just being more um, Mm self-aware. And, you know, like I said, checking yourself at the door before you enter into an interaction, making sure you're in a good place before you enter in to that interaction and noticing, you know, noticing when you're feeling uptight or anxious or angry Mm -hmm. or anxious. And then using this tool, you know, to help um, shift your own atmosphere <laughs> yeah. um, before interacting with others. So really, you know, for everyone, whether it's a dad or anyone else, I think it, you know, our happiness and our well-being comes down to number one, being a self-aware so that we can shift things and, mm-hmm. and recognize and, and really caring about how you feel, you know, as a dad, like it's something I say to my clients all the time, like I want you to really care about how you feel. And when you spend a whole day anxious or you spend a whole day angry, what that tells me is you're not taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't spend a whole day hungry. You wouldn't spend a whole day sleepy. Like you would do what you needed to do. And in the same way, your emotions are like that. Like, please don't go more than 20 minutes feeling that like stop and take care of yourself. And um, you can, shift that emotion and get yourself to a better state. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Even just this, as I was hearing you talk and just getting an image in my mind of a dad coming home, he's had a really hard day at work. He can't leave it at the office. He may, have, may even be self-employed where he's got to deal with a lot of things he, he can't ignore even in the evenings at home. How could a dad mm-hmm. let it go to enter into his home life if he still needs to do work in the evening and he can't really separate from it. Mm. You know, that's hard because, I mean, there's just the reality, right, of just our schedules and all of these things that we do. Um, I do know that these benefits cross over no matter what. You know, so even if it's not the five minutes before you walk at home, like even if it's just five minutes a day, whenever you can do that, yeah. um, you will start reaping the benefits of that no matter when 
you know, it happens yeah. to be in your I, day. I wonder if even a practical thing is, Dad, find songs on the radio to play on the way home. I find music <laughs> evokes, you know, feelings and, you know. Yes, there are, right? Those songs that, like, before you know it, like, you're happy. and Right. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. And, and probably if you were to measure their coherence, it's actually a little device, you know, if, you, if a uh-huh. dad really wants to geek out. And there's an app, it's called... Um, Shoot, I always forget the name. But look up Heart um, Math. Heart or, math. Oh, yeah. Heart Math, and there's an app. And um, so you can M-A-T-H, while you're driving. Heart Math, M A T H. Heart Math, mm-hmm. right. And you can put it on your phone and connect to it while you're driving, and you can actually see as your coherence is increasing, which I love because I'm a little competitive. And so, of course, <laughs> I want to like make that thing, you know. <laughs> go up but yeah that that would be a perfect example you know a song is three minutes long right and right. if it's one of those songs that evokes an emotion and you're singing and you're you know breathing in uh, because you're singing and yeah that would be that's so practical michelle that's a great idea okay so let's take this concept about the power of the heart brain and tie it to something that i know you're passionate about which is this concept of hope the concept of yeah. having dreams. And I know that dads, I know in their heart of hearts, want to spur that on in their daughters. How can all of that connect? Yeah, so, you know, we, we think of hope as a feeling, right? And so we, we know the power of our feelings now based on the research and evoking positive feelings. And the science has shown that hope is a particularly powerful feeling. Why? Because it's future-focused, right? So there's love, but then which is, of course, powerful, and, and hope has this future focus to it. So it, 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 um, it actually has the same positive effects that this heart science does. So when someone's in high hope, um, it affects their physical health, it affects their physical athletic performance. So like top, you know, like the Michael Jordans of the world tend to score super high on hope. That's part of why they've achieved their success. Mm-hmm. So high hope is related to not only athletic success, but academic success. And then there's more like soul and spirit things where someone who's high on hope tends to be more patient. They tend to be more um, thankful. They tend to feel like they have a meaningful life. So if you can evoke hope and, and be that, I call them hope holders. Sometimes when our kids don't have hope about something or someone doesn't have hope, we can actually be hope holders for them. If you could be your daughter's hope holder and actually encourage her to live in the state of hope, that there's always hope no matter what she's facing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like literally, um, it will revolutionize your life and her life as well. Mm, That's powerful, which is a great segue into this final question for you about a go step. Making this concept of connecting to the power of your heart brain practical, anything else, Dr. Margaret, that you would say would be a great way that dads could activate their heart brain to make a positive investment in their daughters this week? Yes. So a really practical thing is hope is connected to the dreams that you have for your life. Remember the Michael Jordans, people who dream big and achieve big, it's because they have high hope. So you could be like your daughter's dream coach. Sit down with her someday and ask her, hey, what are the dreams on your heart? Number one, it's super going to connect you to her because our dreams say so much about who we are and she's going to felt seen by you. But then you can be her hope holder and her hope champion by actually coaching her, you know, using things like smart goals and um, What's a smart goal? Um, specific 
measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-sensitive. Just Google mm-hmm. SMART goals, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a great way to achieve goals. That's, like I said, specific, measurable, attainable. But first, it would just be about sitting down with her and saying, I want to hear the dreams on your heart. And then saying, okay, let's pick one that I'd love to be your dream coach and help you begin to actually in small, specific, measurable, attainable, time-realistic ways, we're actually going to see you start heading towards this dream, Mm -hmm. you know, and a super practical way to connect them, but also for him to Mm -hmm. to, um, foster hope in his daughter as well. Oh, I love that. And we goals are more powerful than me goals. So maybe you guys will come up with a dream that's a we dream Uh that you go after together, like running a marathon or, you know, whatever, something like that. Those, and the research has shown it's even more powerful. Oh, I love that. Well, if you've been listening today, you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have with Dr. Margaret Nagib. On Your Mark has been the science and power of your heart brain. Between today and next Monday, she's given you lots of practical ways to engage your daughter's heart as well as your own. As always, you know that you can write to me at drmichelle at thedadwhisper.com. You can go to my website at Dr. MichelleWatson.com, where you can sign up for my Dad Daughter Friday blogs. You can even go to iTunes to listen to the Dad Whisperer again. You can also on my website find a link to buy my book, Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been so fun to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Margaret Nagib, for joining me. And dads, get out there today again and intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's heart. Go dads. <laughs>